We used to be good friends, but that's all come to an end. My beautiful, wonderful people, we are here with season three of We Are the Best of Friends Until We Weren't. As usual, this is your host, Gabby Scott, and what a pleasure it is to be back here with you all. Honestly, I wasn't really sure if I was going to do a season three. I was after season two, and then I kind of obviously went on a long hiatus. Um, and then some of you, some random people I didn't even expect that listened to the podcast reached out and asking, you know, when are you coming out with season three? I've listened to all your episodes, all these things. So I just want to give a shout out to those of you who have been so supportive either you know, to my space or behind the scenes and just kind of giving me that motivation to come back on here. And just at the end of the day, for me, it's definitely not about amount of plays or amount of people who listen, but it's definitely about the impact and just the fact that it can help anyone to get through a current friendship breakup, their healing process, to be prepared if they ever do go through one or just for pure entertainment, that's fine too. So I'm so happy to feel that this show can provide you all that sort of platform and feeling and just community as well. And I'm so thankful that that's been my goal for the podcast and the fact that it is accomplishing that. So um, season one and season two were great. Learned a lot. Definitely trying to switch up. Definitely want to keep including stories, but just having more discussions, getting a little bit deeper and just a different perspectives and things like that. So really look out for um, some new changes, some new things. As usual, I definitely want to get give credit to those who have been a part of this project, um, Amaka or Miss Arlene T on Instagram for doing the lyrics for the intro and outro, uh, Bria St. Julian for being the vocalist on the intro and outro, um, Flex on the beat, also Kaylin Harbison, also known as Smiley, that's me on Instagram for doing my logo. So Thank you all for being a part of it and just believing in me, those people, and just all the people listening. So let's get to it. We've had a lot of topics covered in the friendship breakups that we featured on the show, from male and female friendships to besties as roommates to a reveal of a different set of a person, all of that. Well, this story is a mix of all of those things and more. I don't even know all the details of this story, but just know it's a lot. And I'm grateful for our guest, Mona, who's willing to share this story with us. So thank you for joining us today, Mona. Of course. Thank you for having me, Gabby. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to have you. And like I said, it sounds like there's a lot going on. So please just start by telling us how you and your friend Wyatt were, um, how you got close and everything and how things were before the friendship breakup happened. So we met four years ago um, at our first year of college and we're both acting students And so we ended up spending a lot of time together because we were placed in the same acting studio, which required us to be together every day, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the full day. Um, At first, he seemed to be a very mysterious guy. And I was a very awkward person just stepping out of my shell at the time. Uh, So we definitely formed a strong bond just going off of that dynamic and very quickly. Oh, uh, one thing I must mention is how we are both very big advocates for weed smoking and a lot of our uh, hangouts was just based on that. 
Um, that was my comfort zone because that was also the demographic of my group of friends from back home. Mm-hmm. Um, we got very close throughout first year and we went on a bunch of trips together. He would drag me out of my comfort zone and go to concerts that I have never been to. Um, he invited me down to Florida to meet his family. And we went to a trip. Uh, we went to Cancun. And also oh. uh, he dragged me to go climb Kilimanjaro with the school, which are things that I never imagined mm-hmm. myself participating in uh, before meeting this person. And the friendship with him was filled with a lot of spontaneity and excitement mm-hmm. um but at the same time I would say the one thing that kept kept me reeled in is his he had why it had a I would say a, an emotional barrier mm-hmm. um that kind of prevented him to be able to open up to some of the closest people in his life mm-hmm. Um, we were both lone wolves in the sense that we worked better in one-on-one friendships rather than a big group of friends. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was always very intrigued and this is definitely a pattern of mine of holding on to people that have trouble letting me in Mm -hmm. and just hoping for the day day that they finally let their walls down Mm -hmm. and allow me to be there for them right um fast forward we're at the end of first year and we're both trying to get out of our dorming situation and we were like let's just live together it Mm -hmm. makes so much sense we spend every day together already um and at that yeah yeah exactly and at that time he was very much a person that I knew I wanted in my life for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, He's very stylish. So I used to say that he's going to be the person um, planning my wedding. That was an inside (laughs) joke that we had. Mm -hmm. Um, But as soon as we started, as soon as we moved in and I made the mistake of signing a two-year contract rather than a one-year contract with Mm -hmm. him, looking back now I'm like just hold your horses Mm -hmm. like there's no rush just one step at a time you know moving in with someone is really such an intimate thing and it takes the relationship to the complete next level right um but once we moved in it I feel like it was just a big wake-up call of oh this this is This friendship is not going to work if we are living together. Um, We had completely different habits from our upbringing. I grew up uh, in China for nine years. Mm -hmm. And I'll just give some brief examples. Like, Mm -hmm. and he's a very, he had a very strong personality. So it was very hard to say no to him. Mm -hmm. And some of the things were quickly became non-negotiable like never locking the front door Mm. never taking our shoes off in the the apartment and leaving all the lights on even throughout the night Mm. um 
yeah, some of those things I look back and I'm like, okay, per- personal preferences, I understand. But what really rubbed me the wrong way was that there was no room for you. Exactly. Or any sort of compromise. Right. And I would say the first thing that set me off, because I'm, I'm a very big pe- people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I had the idea that if I could, or quote unquote, please this person in my life, then that would, you know, allow Wyatt to build his trust for me and, uh, and let right, me, you know. Have everything and kind of guide everything, right. Exactly. Um, but he started disrespecting my personal belongings and that was just like a harsh line that I had to cross. Mm -hmm. And I had to ask him like, yo, like you're, you're using all my appliances, but now they're all scratched up. And what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. He was like, get new appliances. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Like, I mean... Uh, fine but whatever and then it was just more of those tiny moments where he would you know put his foot down with something and then there was no room for discussion Mm -hmm. I was like come on man like we're roommates it's not like we're old married couple and there's so much at stake right we can compromise and discuss things especially you said you're that's the thing about roommates you kind of see how people are brought up and everything it's okay we need yeah to both meet in the middle somewhere and like you said it definitely sounds like he just took over everything and probably recognized that he had the strong personality and therefore could just kind of push whatever he wanted yeah and he was definitely a very how do I put it uh not dramatic but he was he craved very niche things mm-hmm. around the apartment he really wanted to get a snake <laughs> he tried to as a pet snake a pet boa like mm-hmm. i feel like that's a trait that's a very good example to kind of give the the listeners uh, an idea of who Wyatt is right. like just think of a man who really wanted a snake as a pet um and wouldn't settle for anything else would not settle for anything else and the thing was he really wanted the pet to be our pet and I was like no man this is all you like Mm -hmm. I'm okay with not having a pet and I by that time I was starting to catch on I was like oh he wants me to carry on the responsibilities of caring for this snake and you know feeding it and Mm -hmm. you know caring for a pet and I was like, no, this is all you. And he threw a big tamper tantrum and ended up getting the stake anyways. And by that point, I was like, okay, I have to start setting some boundaries right. for myself or mm-hmm. else quickly I am going to lose my mind. Um, and then because of those small things, as I mentioned, the friendship quickly dwindled down to a very awkward stage mm-hmm. where it's like we used to have a lot of fun together but we would get time apart. And now that we weren't getting a time apart, all of the time that we spent together were kind of hostile and awkward Mm -hmm. and just tense. And then I realized I started to hate going home. It was just an uncomfortable situation. And Wyatt definitely had 
issues with boundary. Like he would wake me up in the morning by pouring water on my face. That happened quite a few times. Mm -mm. It's just like, are you bored? At some point it's just like, do you, you should go out and get, exactly. Like go out and get new friends. Like it's not just me and you against the world here, which is very much what it felt like he wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then halfway through second year, I, had a project that required me to be back in the city um, before school even started. And I got to live three months in the apartment alone. And I was like, wow, this is what I need. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I need to fix it. Mm -hmm. I need to get out. So I texted him. I was like, I've made a decision. We both know this isn't working out one of us has got to move out. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, fine. Very cool. You can go ahead and leave. Um, But uh, if you think you can take any of the furniture with you, you're tripping. And I was like, holy, okay, okay, let's pause. Let's pause. (laughs) My mother was kind enough to furnish the entire place for us. But and he, you can't have it. The yeah. stuff that you own, technically. Yes. The the stuff that your mother purchased for our apartment that when it, it was largely him sending me links of like, Mona, we have to have this. Look how gorgeous this is. We have to have this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a very laid back person. Like I, I don't I don't care. Like as long as we're living, as long as we have food, as, as long as it's right. warm, I'm cool. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. We'll get it. And then to turn around and get that attitude of like, don't think you can get any of this into your new place. And as his first response too, not like, yes. oh, let's talk about it or anything. You're talking exactly. about furniture. That's mine. Okay. It, yeah. Like the first text reply from him mm-hmm. was don't think that you were going to take any of the stuff that your mother bought. I was like, okay, I, I'm dealing, I'm dealing with something else here. Like this mm-hmm. is not who I thought I had been friends with for a year and a half. And then eventually his parents got involved and it was this big thing. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't know how to handle this. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten really close with his um, best friend from back home and I realized that Wyatt just had a had some sort of mental barrier right. of like the plainest way to put it is he treated the people closest in his life like shit because he didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of a defense mechanism. <sighs> yeah, and you know I like that's so sad to not have not be able to be kind to the people who want to be there for you mm-hmm. and I I think he was also going through some hard times with his mental health mm-hmm. around um, the second half of second year which really just dragged out the whole friendship breakup but he ended up dropping out of school he ended up just packing his bags up 
and going home. Mm. So just to back up a little bit. So when he responded about the furniture, what was like the immediate next step? Did you wait till you went back and you all had a conversation in person? Like what was the next thing that happened before that led to his parents getting involved? And obviously it was a whole big thing. So um, the next thing that happened was I started looking for apartments and he would not really engage with me when we were at our apartment together. And then I realized that it was going to be difficult to find him a roommate just because I didn't really want to put anyone Anyone. else in my, Mm -hmm. yeah, in my situation. Um, And then I was texting that friend that um, he has from back home who was also in New York City with us going to school. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do I do? how do I find a roommate for this guy? Mm-hmm. I, I can't do it. And so Wyatt and this friend of his from back home, both of their parents are really, really close because mm-hmm. they've been coworkers before any of us were born. Um, so that's how Wyatt's parents got involved. Like, okay, mm-hmm. the roommate wants to move out how are we going to settle the money thing? Like, are you, Mona, are you going to find him a new roommate? Because he's not the one who's trying to move out. So he shouldn't have to find a new roommate. How are we going to settle this? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for you, it's like, well, if you know, your son wasn't doing all this extraness and causing hell in my life, this would be a lot easier. So I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it's hard. because like, you can't necessarily tell the parents that, but that's really the situation. Exactly. And I remember I ended up going out to dinner with Wyatt's mom one night and she kind of, she was very nice and she showed a lot of sympathy for me. And it seemed like she kind of, she had a very clear idea Mm -hmm. about the type of person that her son is. And this is what I'm about to say is no judgment on Wyatt's character but Wyatt had a very difficult relationship with his parents because he was adopted okay um and I remember hearing him on the phone with his parents and he would he would call there by their first names and the relationship was so odd to me because he spoke to his parents like they were his friends and mm -hmm. And when he got upset, why is quite nasty when he gets upset. So there were many occurrences where I heard him just straight up swear at his parents and call them the nastiest names. Mm-hmm. And like, I grew up from a very traditional Chinese family. <laughs> like, could never. And I was could like, never. what? Kids are allowed to do this? I would be shitting my pants <laughs> if my... If I ever spoke to my parents like that, I, it it would be the end of, it would be the end of me. And I was like, okay. But at first I was like, okay, this is very interesting. Like this, this must just be a, be a thing that I, exactly. Just, Mm -hmm. um, but back to the breakup story at, after the dinner I had with Wyatt's mother, I guess Wyatt and his mother spoke and I was informed that Wyatt was going to be moving out instead. 
I was like, okay, this is getting really confusing. Mm-hmm. I don't care anymore. I don't have the energy. Right. Just tell me what you're doing so I can decide about my day. Right. exactly accordingly. So he started looking for apartments. Um, and when he finally found one, his dad had the strange audacity of asking me to pay the broker fee of six thousand dollars i was like hold up this family is right i i was just completely mind baffled i was like what like you're a 60 year old lawyer asking for a college student to pay six for your son's new apartment (laughs) I was like, something is not right. This is something There's a lot is not going right. on, right? There's a lot of deeper issues clearly going on in yeah. many aspects of these people and situation. Yes, and I just, I just had to leave that text on read and did not reply. I was like, he's gonna have to figure it out. <laughs> so I'm just don't deserve <laughs> like, a response. Yeah, like what? What do you want me to say that to say to that? Yes, of course. Here's my money, and. He and the in the end, they decided that because financially it was um, it was a struggle. Wyatt and his family didn't end up getting his new apartment, mm-hmm. and his his mental health was in quite of a decline mm-hmm. um, very quickly. So I think they collectively made the decision for Wyatt's why to drop out of school mm-hmm. and return home to Florida mm-hmm. and near the last few months it was really scary he was doing a lot of drugs in the apartment mm-hmm. and he would take a lot of drugs smoke a lot of weed drink alcohol and hop in the bath and one time it made him pass out mm-hmm. while I was still in the apartment so I had to rush him to the bathroom with like and he, cause he fell and hit his head, mm. like the very front of his forehead and there was blood everywhere and he was passed out and kind of twitching. And I completely freaked out. I was like, yeah. do I call the ambulance? What do I do? And I was like, okay, this needs to come to an end now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cause I, I can't deal with this anymore. Right, cause it's affecting your mental health at that point as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then he and was back with his family and that was that was the end of that. That was the end of that. We did end it off on a on a pretty bad note. Okay. Um he um he, near the very end of it he was still asking me to do favors like feed his snake, water his plants. And I just had to be like, "Nah, dude, like I'm I'm not doing jack shit for you." Yeah, anymore. and I don't care about your plants or your snake. So no. Exactly. And he was just like, he tried really hard to guilt trip me. He was like, you're being a child. Uh, You know how hard this semester has Mm -hmm. been for me and my mental health. And I was like, yeah, um, I'm not going to reply. But, you know, my prayers are with you. I hope you feel better. I hope you get better. But I that was the friendship that made me learn how to care for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and look at and have my own back absolutely and before we kind of get to that those lessons learned because it sounds like that's what kind of ties into it now if I have a couple of questions like 
Were you close with Wyatt's best friend from back home before you all moved in together? Um, no, I didn't get close to okay. Wyatt's best friend until after. But I had I had met him a couple of times, and we mm. we had a connection. Okay. We had a connection. Yeah. Because I was just curious. I'm like, if y'all were already close, I'm like, someone couldn't give you a heads up. Like someone could have been like, hey, that's my best friend. Love him, but don't know about living together. But obviously, if you weren't good friends with him before, then it makes, or the other person, it makes sense that they yeah. didn't say anything. Okay. Yeah. And Wyatt's other best friend from home was also like taking a step back and looking back at it now. He was also very much under the spell of like, oh, I will do everything for you. Mm-hmm. Please just find it in yourself to let your guards down and allow me to be there for you. Right. Okay. Um, but his that friend of Wyatt's ended up having a falling out with Wyatt at the exact same time that I did, mm. which really sucks for Wyatt. Right. Which sure put, yeah. He was going through it even more at that point. Yeah. And so how was it for you? Cause like you see, obviously you're a caring person. You want to be there for people. And like, that's kind of the thing that drew you to Wyatt. How was it just seeing that like his mental health was really messed up. And it's like you said, having to balance and pick between how far do I go being there for this person, supporting their mental health issues, and then also having to step back because like, it's going to damage and hurt me. How was that experience for you? I think especially might help some listeners who might be in the same situation. I think if I could give advice to anyone who's in a similar situation now is to really sit down with yourself first And kind of map out what you're not, what lines you're not willing to cross for the sake of this other person that you care deeply about, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's, it's the, it's the mentality of if I'm not okay, there's no way I can be there a hundred percent for someone else. Right. And if that person is in a place right now where they're, unable to receive what you're trying to give them then you have to you have to find a way to take off that burden from your own shoulders right so you said you can't if you can't show up for yourself you're not gonna be able to show up for anyone else anyways exactly that's a very strong personal belief of mine Mm -hmm. i agree and i think especially during college, you definitely learn boundaries are a very, very big thing. There's a lot of stress for a lot of people in different ways. And like I said, you have different ways you grow up and you learn to have those boundaries, even as someone before who would just let anyone in or just would kind of, like I said, be a people pleaser. And it's like, very quickly, that's not going to work for you to survive. Exactly. And so yeah, that that was, I was just going to say that was a big lesson learned for me. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of getting to. So then, since then, you and Wyatt have not spoken since you went back. No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, we kind of unfollowed each other on mm-hmm. all platforms. I ask about him quite a bit because we do still have mutual friends. Mm-hmm. So I would ask our mutual friends, like, oh, have you heard from him? How is he doing back in Florida? Mm-hmm. Do you know if he's gotten back into therapy? Is he working? Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like he's doing okay. Last I heard, he was working at Chipotle right when the co- uh, COVID hit. Um, but I think part of me thinks that Wyatt will always remain as that 
mysterious entity mm-hmm. that like no one really gets to get close to. Yeah, I, and if someone does, it'll be a very special person because, like you said, yes. that seems to be his defense mechanism of pushing people away, and seems like he consciously or subconsciously attracts people too that he knows will want to be there for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the thing. And so definitely would love to hear kind of the lessons learned from you um, through this experience. And you talked, we talked about boundaries, obviously, but if there was anything else. Um, I feel like it taught me how important it is to wish people well, even if the aftermath ends up being very ugly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, I don't know if I can say that what happened was Wyatt's fault. You know, there were so many layers and he had a comp- complex childhood just like okay. anyone else. But having that mindset definitely allows me to like draw the line and say like, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're stopping. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important too, just to protect your energy as well, where it's like, I'm not trying to yeah. hope, wish that you go downhill and you know, you're going to turn out like nothing and all this stuff. I think that helps you, but I think that's important too, as a lesson is like, we never know people's deepest levels. Most times I mean, it's very exactly. rare people. You're really going to know their childhood trauma, their, you know, how it's affected them now and like things that they've gone through. So at the end of the day, it's like, we may not have worked out as friends, but I wish the best for you. And I understand that I may never understand fully where you were coming from. So therefore I hope you get better. I hope pray for you, but I have to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And very much like at some point you have to stop caring about what other people think of you. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure that Wyatt thinks of me as a pretty horrible person, which like granted, I understand why um, just the last conversation we had over text, he called me quite a few nasty things. And I was like, okay, I just, this is out of my hands. Like he will think whatever he thinks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And am I able to stay in a place where I can, look down at the situation from above and say this is after several mistakes and bad decisions and careless misjudgments I couldn't afford to Mm -hmm. you know be so invested into what what Wyatt thought of me Mm -hmm. And I think to that too, I said people all the time is like, we don't get to necessarily have a say in how we make others feel. You know, we don't necessarily get to say you're wrong because at the end of the day, even if we don't understand it, we don't see it. We never intended to make people feel that way. People are human. And obviously you don't, you may not understand like, how did I make you feel that way? You were the one who said all these things. People are going to see things differently. And so I think that's a huge lesson for you and anyone else listening as well as like, and when you can shrug your shoulders, like, I guess I'm sorry, but I can't control that. I can't stay in it. That's how you feel. I respect that. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely know what it's like to be drawn to more reserved people as someone who's very open book and everything for me. And like, you just want to peel back those layers and you want to be the person that they're comfortable opening up to and everything like that. And it's like, 
there's like benefits to it when you are that person, but it's, it can be scary in a sense. It's like, you don't know what those walls are going to bring up at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, I think for me personally, it's such a twisted thing of like wanting to be that person. And at the same time, like I often forget to consider it like, but at what cost, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and having to reflect (laughs) upon myself. Yeah. About why, why is it that I'm drawn to those type of people so often? Yeah, no, I've definitely have had to recently do that same exact, same exact reflection as well as like, what is it about it? And like you said, it's to a certain degree. And like, especially when you get to a point personally, where it's like, you are so secure in who you are, you know, who you are, it can just mm. be weird and intriguing of like, okay, who is this person that's obviously very reserved? Like, do you know who you are? Or like, mm. what is and you see, you just want to know yes. more. And it's like, it's a very like kind of twisted, like you said, toxic thing, but it's just like, I'm trying to understand. Yes. I'm not like that. So please, like, what is it? <laughs> yeah. Like share with me your secrets. How, how do you live like this? Like, <laughs> how do you, <laughs> like, I'm also such an open book where when I meet people who are reserved, I'm like, it must be a really good book if they're, if it seems like they're hiding shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, how do I get close to this person? Yes. Find yes. out their secrets. I'll be there for you. Yes. You can open up to me. <laughs> right. And sometimes it does go well. And it's like that great feeling of like, I'm glad I can be one of the few people, but there is that definitely that risk of one, if you are that person, sometimes then they rely on you a lot. And there was kind of people take advantage of that. It's like, well, I opened up to you. Well, you know, I'm the only person that you're the only person I'm close to and stuff. And it's just like, there's definitely cons to sometimes, yeah. you know, with that um, curiosity. A hundred percent. Well, Melina, thank you so much for coming on here. And I'm glad that we could definitely relate on that. And hopefully it's been better now apartment wise and everything and in, in New York and everything as well. Thank you so much for having me, Gabby. In the beginning, we were inseparable to become one. Now a season's over.